everybody, and welcome to a bone chilling. We should have got bone saws ready. Uh, <laughs> a zombie tossing. Halloween Havocing. Town Hall Discussing. Episode of the Brothers of Discussion. Yeah! We're going to talk everything from NXT's great success. Welcome back, Borat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vince McMahon in the limelight because he needs it. Um, man, we're going to talk some name changes, title matches, match of the year, candidates. Oh. And, of course, we're going to decide this week's Wednesday Night Wars winner. I think it was a landslide this week, but we're still going to debate it. Matt, another hot spot oh, week here. And uh, I was telling you in the pre-show that uh, today I ordered a Marco's pizza and watched the employee pluck ingredients off my slices with her bare hands. What a time to be alive, but maybe for not much longer. Matt, how are things over there with you? Oh, they're going fantastic. Um, Things are going great, Mike, for the brand. We are blowing up on YouTube. We've got... Hundreds and thousands of views. Uh, th- you know what? No, that's accurate. We have thousands of views over the last few weeks. Uh, it, not, it really is heartwarming. Not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds and thousands. Right. I'm going to correct that and say thousands. Arguably better. Thousands is way more than uh, than we're used <laughs> to. So I, I'm pretty thrilled. And thank you for everybody that's joining along. Uh, this is This is becoming quite the ride. Uh, we're happy, and I know this is for uh, the Red Wing side side of things, but I'm happy to welcome our one of our new blogging uh, buddies. His name Jesse. You can find him on Twitter as uh, you know what I can't remember it. Anyway, go go to bodpodcast.com. You can find his Twitter account there. Um, so thank you uh, for joining on, sir. I know it's a the, the other show, but it's all it's all Man, part get, of the brand. It's all coming together. And Man, like I said a, last week, a big uh, we're we're still accepting applications. If anybody wants to join on and become a contributor to the uh, Brothers of Discussion, we would be more than happy to have you. But uh, to do that, head on over to uh, bodpodcast.com, and you can actually contact us uh, through that page. We'll get the message right to our email, and uh, it's not anything we're we're doing anything official until we get you to step two. So we just want to. Uh, I guess that first ground, uh, the first uh, obstacle you're getting over is just messaging us. But anyway, uh, you can find us at BODpodcast.com. You can find the shop at BODpodcast.com. Mike, a lot of purchases coming through this week. I'm very happy to see that. Thank you so much, all the brothers of Discussion Faithful. Um, We are planning some giveaways, so hang on tight. It's not going to happen this week. I plan on introducing it for the holiday season so that of course starts next week uh i i would say mike is it accurate holiday season november 1st oh yeah that's right all right so you can uh keep track of everything though if you want to make sure you don't miss it through the website uh follow us on the youtube channel that is right now the thing that's blowing up most so go to brothers of discussion on youtube uh, find us on uh, Twitter. You can see it in the uh, top left corner of the screen now at BOD Podcast. We are on Instagram at brothers underscore of underscore discussion. Um, and you know what? I'll throw it out there. The email is admin at bodpodcast.com. If you want to bypass that website and send us, uh, if you want to get in contact with us over, uh, you know, being a part of the Brothers to Discussion team, uh, just find us there and uh, we'll continue the conversation. Uh, Mike. I think, I feel I think like, we're ready uh, to roll. Admin is such a powerful sounding name, you know? I feel like to, if you're kind of nervous, we can also create um, 
an alternate email, we can just do like intern, you know, at bodpodcast.com. If you're more comfortable, like admin's kind of like, oh, admin. Well, yeah, you're not an admin. Yeah, we know that for sure. Uh, whoever's emailing us, you're just emailing the admins. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the owner. We should have made it the owners. Damn it. Oh, well. Matt, breaking news this week. It was, uh, he's he's known as the heartbreak kid. But Matt, he uh, he broke your heart, it sounds like. <laughs> it, it didn't even take a super kick. Uh, Matt, apparently Shawn Michaels, not a big fan of tweets directed his way. Uh, Matt, apparently. Let's uh, let's break it down here. Why did we get blocked by WWE two-time Hall of Famer Shawn Michaels? What happened? That's a wonderful choice of words, by the way, to break it down. Um, Apparently, he he wasn't too thrilled. I'm going to guess with your reply tweet that we then liked. But uh, it was when Tony Storm dressed up as, as HBK was our last tweet that had Shawn Michaels attached to it. And uh, we said, who wore it better? And it was Tony Storm or Shawn Michaels. And honestly, I would be flattered uh, if, if somebody said Tony Storm uh, looked, you know, if, if we, okay, we know how beautiful she is. So if there was anything that I was looking at Tony Storm and then somebody said, oh, you know what? That reminds me of Matt, Matt Clink. I'd be like, <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you so much. I if mean, Tony I, Storm I am- had a backwards red hat on and a hooded sweatshirt, Hey, you know what? Uh, Amy's the only one who can uh, kind of... She, she would wear the crap out of it. Well, yeah. she can confirm this. Mike, you can also confirm this. Uh, I, I'm a little wide in the hips area. So if somebody really? thought... If they thought of me when they saw Tony Storm, it would make sense. But that's not what happened with, uh, no. with HBK. It was just... Um, I think... Well, yeah. Matt, I think, he, I think he blocked the wrong person. Because I think he what he did was a, a, a pretty innocent comparison... Right, because it was an allusion to his old '90s ring gear, where it, it looked it looked a little uh, you know '80s metal, right, with kind of the the metal studs coming out, like a little vest, little cap. Um, if anything, I thought that Shawn Michaels looked a lot more like Mr. Slave, and I made sure to respond to the the official Bod uh, Twitter uh, with my own Twitter uh, and a picture of Mr. Slave in this little leather outfit. Uh, leather cap, mustache, and beard. So what I think happened, I don't think he's against BOD Podcast. I think he's just bad at Twitter, and he meant to block me. So I think we're still okay. I mean, like, there's there's one guy I'm concerned with, like, because I know they have so much control internally with who can speak to who. Yes. Uh, but, Mike, before I say who I'm concerned we're not going to be able to speak with, I think it's important we introduce his very official segment on a weekly basis now. We're going to bring it up. Mike, there's one guy now. It's been 632 days since his debut. If you're not familiar with him, this was that moment. And God damn it all to hell if it wasn't all the magic and splendor we want from our pro wrestling. Mike, here it is, this debut. 632 days ago. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, weighing in at 240 pounds. All right, there it is. 632 days since Eric Bogenhagen's debut. Where is he? Mike, maybe that's why we got blocked when we tweeted out to Shawn Michaels and Triple H, give me Bogenhagen. Uh, give me death. Next is going to have to be at Rick Boogs. Uh, I know that's his, uh, his Twitter handle, but uh, 
We we are huge fans. We are marks for uh, for Mr. Boogs. Um, we want to yep. take we want to take a trip on the Boogs cruise, and this will continue to be brought up until we hit a thousand days. Maybe maybe we'll get. Sick I know of it. we've uh, we've seen a lot of uh, you know a lot of workout videos from The Rock, uh, Bianca Belair, but only Eric Bugenhagen um, is wrestling with a wet noodle um, in the pool in the backyard <laughs> to get ready for his next big match. So. Bugenhagen watch uh, continues. Uh, Matt, uh, I can't wait for him to come back, and I'm going to at him at every opportunity. Um, 632 days. It's almost like that should just be running throughout every episode. Absolutely. It will. <laughs> oh, at the bottom of the screen? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can move on here. So, um, another news. Uh-oh. <laughs> Let's do Mike, it. Did we have... One of the stiffest matches of all time happened today. You know, on we, NXT UK, we uh, we had Halloween. We had Halloween havoc. Well, Halloween. We had, a, we had Halloween havoc. This boy, oh boy, he had a great old time. Halloween havoc. AEW <laughs> um, had their weekly offering. Uh, Monday Night Raw was yeah, pretty good. Uh, we had Hell in a Cell, but my God, folks, if you can just dedicate another. 20 minutes of your life watching pro wrestling. Uh, Drakunov and Walter had a title match on NXT. NXT UK! And you do not want to miss it if you like just violence. Just, Matt, it's, it's things that Fight Club would be like, no, that's that's too stiff for us. We're not, we're not being a part of that. Um, because every week, Matt, we're doing a new segment where we like doing uh, the chop of the week. I would say that there was arguably six contenders for chop of the week in one match, um, and I'm going to say that all top of those, all six of those placed. They all medaled one, two, three, four, five, and six. Um, Matt, I think you might have a little, a little something, something for us. Yeah, I, let me let me start this over here. Hopefully, an ad doesn't start. But uh, everybody, get ready. Here it comes. It's it's ugly. And uh, you're if you watch this match through its entirety, you're gonna get to see the uh, oh my god, uh, the raw ground beef that uh, <laughs> Dragonoff's back turns into. But here we go. Oh, wait, one, one more time. Ah, good God. All right. Um, we can't play I, that too much because we don't, uh, we don't want to get the well, last week, I guess our Twitter got shut down, um, after we shared that, <laughs> we, we shared, uh, our, um, our slap of the week last, oh no, you know what it was? It was a, it was AEW. It was uh, a lot of dinner, oh. uh, whatever that was called. But anyway, yeah. Uh, easy pick. Like what, what's funny that could have been chop that that is chop of the week. We also could have picked when, uh, Walter just decided to chop. Dragonoff's face. That's right. Just holding him down. And this is right before the end of the match. Uh, Dragonoff is just wailing back. I mean, he's he's got his knees on his shoulders. This is Walter on top of tiny little Dragonoff, and he's chopping him in the face, in the effing face, Mike. I'm trying to hold back on the f words. Chops him in the face. Yeah. Uh, Dragonoff is swinging back, but goddamn, Mike, a chop to the face. You know what? You don't see that too often. When we're labeling this as one of the <laughs> stiffest matches we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, to see... So there were the chops to the face. The Dragonoff just absolutely nails one right on Walter's chin. I, I This was one of the best... Mike, 
we said it before when it was Tyler Bate and Walter. We, I said that was one of the best matches I've ever seen. A lot of what added to that, Mike, was an audience. Just to be honest. The fact that Dragunov and Walter put on this amazing match and we didn't get the same sort of, um, you know, you, you get all that fanfare. You get, you get everybody getting excited because there, there's the fan, there's the fans there. So when you're watching at home, yeah. you get to jump off your couch with them. Yeah. But this was just, I mean, to, to think that you had to pivot to tell this story to say, all right, nobody's going to be here. So we have to find a whole new way for you to like get, you know, psyched up. And this is this is you know creative talking to Dragunov. We got to find a new way where it's not just like uh, the old Peter Pan um, Broadway show where you would clap to 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 bring uh, Tinkerbell back to life. I mean, you, goddamn, you had to do something special, and man, they they nailed it. And that's why they're getting the chop of the week. That's why we're bringing up multiple chops this week. I mean, the ending of that match, though, Mike. How about the gurgle? The gurgling to end this match. Uh, Dragunov getting choked out. I, it's been a long time since I think we've seen that, but blood gurgling from Dragunov's mouth. He gurgles all over Walter's arm. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's terrifying, but it's beautiful. We saw it uh, fairly recently. Uh, obviously, with Hell in the Cell, there's some some goofiness, but I think Seth Rollins had a blood capsule, um, somebody else, but it just, this felt earned. Um, it just, there was so much punishment to each body. Um whether you know Walter was using his own chest and shoulder as a weapon, he would just clench the poor you know arms that are no match for the the beast that is Walter and just slam him into his own body. Um, but I feel like Dragunov, like he earned getting a getting a match of of that length for that title, um, and he got to he got his licks in too. Um, some of those two-handed slaps onto Walter's, um, like the neck and this like clavicle area over here. Oh my God. There's like, there's no meat. Even on Walter, there, this is one spot where there's no meat. You can't have meat right here. And he was just raining down those slaps. Um, my only problem with this match is that it was, uh, like a, you know, 11 out of five stars. There's no fanfare for it. It played at like 4 PM Eastern time. Um, so I, I just hope they can find some way to, you know, get dragging off some some more, uh, uh, you know, television time here in the States, um, you know, in Canada, um, you know, because I, I don't know what kind of viewership this really got. And I, you know, we're going to talk about it in a minute with some of WWE's quarter three numbers, but I just wonder if they're gauging. Yeah, that was a solid idea to release this with uh, no eyeballs on it, you know, while most of the United States is, uh, you know, working from nine to five. So. I, I just don't want it to get wasted. I, I hope they find some way to replay it. Um, you know, maybe find some way to, you know, have Fox or Fox sports play it in some capacity. Cause it was that it wasn't that good. It was that excellent. Um, really, really proud of the work that, uh, dragging off put into that match. A lot of unbelievable, uh, punishment. I mean, you know, we talk about like Mick Foley taking punishment. I know his ears been ripped out of his head and he had holes in his mouth, but, Man, Dragunov went through a lot for a non-pay-per-view. Woo! So, Matt, if you want to put a cherry on top of that one, uh, or we can move on. Yeah, I, I would just say uh, the points that you're making didn't even pop in my head at uh, what a waste this could be. But it's also one of those things, like I mentioned, we, we had those conversations about Tyler Bate and Walter being one of the greatest matches we've ever seen. 
Um, I mean, is it just NXT UK is just going to keep knocking it out of the park and there's nothing we can do about it? Um, they're, they're just going to have to, like, they play it again at 8 o'clock. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure on, on Thursdays. At least yeah. that's what Shawn Michaels tweeted out uh, when I had to check his account through uh, our, <laughs> our, our Red Wings account. Um, but, yeah, I, I saw him tweet that it, it would be on at 4 and then 8 o'clock. So they, they do try that. But, you know, yeah. when you, you look at the fact that they're putting NXT on USA now and we're discussing – one of the best matches we've ever seen uh, again, only being on the network. And um, Mike, we've got the quarter three conference call to talk about as well. And the different discussions they've had about uh, taking like pieces of the network and putting it elsewhere. And yeah. uh, also maybe some documentaries that could have done very well on the network and are going to Netflix. Uh, yeah. y- you wonder why this, this is the holdup. Why why is NXT UK the hang up when they're trying to sell this business? Um I don't know if you want to roll into the Q3 uh earnings conference call cuz there there's a couple of things here that uh, we don't have to get too boring. Uh we don't have to talk about just the the revenue coming in for the company that we don't really care if it makes money, we just want it to exist. Um so we don't even need to get into that. We we have some juicy stuff to talk about. Yeah, I mean, uh, real quick, I just didn't want to omit it because I, I forgot to bring it up earlier. It was just, uh, I love, I forgot how much I love Nigel McGuinness. Oh, um, yeah. NXT the, UK returning. Got the timbre, the timbre of that guy's voice is just, it's perfect. Um, I, I wish that they could find a way to, you know, give him a lot of frequent flyer miles um, and have him fly back and forth between the sh- two shows because he's that good at his job. Uh, but yeah, let's roll into this quarter three meeting. Um, this conference call, uh, some of the news that came out of here. Um, I, I'm going to go out of order, Mike, because I, I do want to hit this one first. Because I, I know we always go yeah. way over. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm going to I'm going to go to the third one here. Uh, it's, yeah. it's when they finally allowed uh, Q and A on this conference call. First caller uh, asked about TV ratings and WWE's plans to increase the numbers. Um, Vince says, uh, that's not to say we don't want to, or I'm sorry, I already skipped the part. McMahon said TV viewership is uh, is only one of their measurements and that they have far more fans than they have ever had if you <clears throat> social media and YouTube. That's totally fair. Uh, that's not to say we don't, and this is a quote, that's not to say we don't want to increase ratings. Of course we do. But aside from that, our total audience is much bigger. You can't just hang your head on, okay, ratings are down. We're never off the air. And that that is an amazing point. He noted that they're doing all they can to improve the ratings with the Thunderdome, better writing and talent. Uh, And Michael White's uh, noted they're confident about their TV rights going up uh, in in the next rounds of contract talks. So that's fine. Uh, That part I don't care about. What, What I think is huge is Vince McMahon talking about the fact that I, I mean, how many times have they probably brought up in their meetings? Like, TV ratings aren't anything, and uh, they br- they brought up too, and I, I I'm kicking myself right now because I don't have the numbers, but like like billions of minutes watched, right, for the WWE, like from so many different sh- like that is a that's a shit ton, that is a lot, and they have so much content to put out there, and we we are in an age of just create content, put it out, and you're gonna make money from it, I. I think it's an amazing point from Vince. I, I think it's a smart point. 
And it's a point that we've been bringing up for a very long time. And we've, you know, it, it's, it's something, Mike, I, I'm just going to say it. I don't, I don't give a flying F word, but we're going to judge what happened last night but between AEW Dynamite and Halloween Havoc through NXT. And we could bring up the ratings, but we don't give a flying fuck. Part of the reason we don't care is because we know how little it makes a difference to the WWE at this point. They make so much money. They make so much, like, there's so much revenue coming in from their existence everywhere else. And cable, I mean, Jesus, Mike, where are all the best shows headed towards? They're heading to streaming services because that's where the money's being made. Now, the WWE could fix what they're doing streaming-wise, and we're going to bring that up in a second with this Netflix documentary. But I, I just I think it's something that so many people ignore because you you can't judge it, and so people are looking for something that you can judge. And again, you know what, Mike? I have articles on BODpodcast.com that I'd love you all to check out. It's How to Watch Pro Wrestling. It's a brand new series I've got going. Uh, now the second article came out. It's called uh, Have Fun. How to Watch Pro Wrestling, colon, have fun. The first in the series was remove brand loyalty from the equation. Now, part, part of me going through this so hard may sound like I'm pro-WWE, but I'm pro-stop caring about the ratings. And, and this is what is going on in these conference calls, and maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe I'm a complete buffoon because I'm eating up, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid that Vince McMahon is shooting out there. But look at these numbers that they're bringing in, Mike. The ratings can go down, but their earnings are amazing. I mean, the, the $221 million coming in is so far from what we're ever going to sniff. So I, I, can put, I can say that with some confidence. Are they earning more than any other company in the world? No. Could that number probably be higher? Yes. But I, I, I just, I, 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 think it's, I think it's fascinating. That in a conference call with people who are are figuring out whether or not they're going to continue to invest in this company, that this is the thing that uh, the chairman brings up. He it's finally out there. It's like okay, guys, enough with the TV ratings. It's not a. It's not all about that anymore. Mike, I want to get your thoughts because you're starting to give me a puzzled look. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like it could be it just could be coming uh, from a different direction. Yeah, I. Uh... I think Vince definitely, you know, laid those uh, shareholders, you know, had them lay their heads on the table and he was just pouring Kool-Aid right in there. Um, I, 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 he definitely gives a hoot about ratings. Uh, that's why Roman Reigns just suddenly became the champion. That's why Randy Orton is now the champion. That's why Sasha Banks is now the champion. Uh, that's why every week of NXT is some odd... Uh, celebration, some momentous events, some, you know, resetting of the show, some, you know, draft stuff. It's Halloween Havoc all of a sudden. Um, the YouTube stuff is great, but it only exists if, you know, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you know, put out good shit, as Vince says. There's, no, there's nothing to recap on YouTube if you don't have the good products on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, they absolutely do have content all the time, but there's no way that that competitive old son of a bitch doesn't care about the ratings. Um, that's why at every turn, he's been trying to find some way to, uh, you know, 
include retribution. Um, you know, suddenly have his black wrestlers start winning. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it took quite a quite an outpouring. Uh, but you know, they're they're really trying to like grab all these folks and keep their eyeballs in front of WWE TV. So I, I just. He's got to say what he's got to say. You know, he's uh, the CEO of, you know, the biggest wrestling company in the world and one of the bigger entertainment, uh, um, you know, uh, called a, almost a wrestling monopoly the way they're all over the place. Um, but uh, to say that, you know, he's acknowledging the word YouTube, I, you know, it's it's to an extent, yes, he's right, but I, I know what he cares about and it's, you know, what happens on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And I, so it's, it's kind of twofold. I know, um, I know that he has to make those comments, like you said, to keep the belief like that this company is moving in the right direction, but they also mentioned that contracts are coming up. And if he's out there making the statement that this doesn't matter to me as much anymore, then he's risking losing money in those next negotiations. So he can't walk in there and just say, I didn't really mean that. Uh, that was just to make sure we don't lose investors. Like, so if if it really is true, then like, how far are they taking it? Like, that's something to to keep in mind as well because he really put the entire company out there on their next negotiations with uh, NBC Universal and sticking around with USA because that could really be a huge kick in the nuts if if that conversation turns to well, Vince. I mean, you said it yourself. You don't care about this anymore, so maybe maybe you're not going to make as much money in this next go-around. So maybe that's the conversation. Maybe it's a huge, complete F-up by Vince McMahon to not think that far ahead and rather just want to win this conversation, this this phone conference. Uh, but I, I, think, I think it is something that was kind of planned. I think it's something where the chess pieces have moved, and now it's okay to keep putting this out there. Now it's all right, we don't. We actually don't care about the next step in the, in the uh, negotiations because we're going to bring this up again. So I, I would say that that would be like there's so much going into actually him saying this in this conference call than than just trying to keep investors on board. So I I still think I, I'm going to hang my hat on that because he if they hadn't considered that he was supremely screwing himself over by discussing that, then yeah, then they truly are lost. If that's the case, then yeah, they're fucked. But I, I'm going to say I think that it was a plan. I, I think they're playing chess. I, I think they moved the piece at the at, at a specific strategic time. Now, if they're playing checkers, absolutely. F in the A. Um, Mike, we've also got, uh, maybe this will be a part of the documentary, uh, Bill Simmons, uh, your boy, coming <laughs> Gonna gonna lead the way on a Vince McMahon uh, documentary, and I'm 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 a little worried. Um, you know, I, I, I just heard uh, a, a, an interview with Rashida Jones, who's discussing her Quincy Jones uh, documentary. Of course, her father and Quincy Jones being the guy who managed like the Jackson Five, uh, or I'm sorry, he produced their music. Um, she said uh, it was really important to her to make sure that she dug at her father. Like if there was something negative, it was in the documentary. If she found something negative, it was in the documentary. I'm, I don't know how to feel. Is Bill Simmons, Mike, the guy who's going to take a dump on Vince McMahon when it's necessary? Wait, 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 wait. Mike, hot tag. 
Is Bill Simmons the guy who's going to take a dump on Vince McMahon when it's necessary? Or is he going to be too concerned about those podcast listeners and uh, make sure that he treads lightly? I think that this is a little deeper than a hot tag because I don't think it's a short answer. Um, Bill no, Simmons, don't. He, he gets credit for... Uh, he gets credit for coming together with ESPN to create the 30 for 30 series, which is arguably one of the better produced um, like sports documentaries that you can, you know, access. Um, you know, it's basically, you know, been the rise and fall of, uh, you know, almost any major sports story that you can name uh, 30 for 30 covered it and did a pretty good job of it. Yeah. Uh, he's also had his name behind um, that Andre, the giant movie. I know he was behind. Um, there was, a uh, that million dollar arm, um, those, I think it was those twins who played baseball. Um, so, I mean, he's got, he's got his name on some stuff that's, you know, uh, really well produced, really well researched. Um, and the other thing I think that's really important, um, and I'm, I'm going to stick with, uh, uh, nine for nine too. I forgot about that, uh, with the college sports too, but with the 30 for 30, Matt, (laughs) Obviously, any bit of journalism is going to have, like, you know, your own bias as the person creating, right? But I feel like 30 for 30 had a really strong reputation of showing a well-rounded approach. And I'm not just trying to kill, kiss Bill Simmons, but I'm just saying that if knowing the reputation that 30 for 30 had, um, I, I'm I'm pretty excited to see what he executive produces um, for Vince McMahon, especially if it's not going to be um, a WWE product, um, I think you, I think you mentioned it's going to be high budget and that's got to be because they're going to be buying the the licensing rights to, you know, show WWE footage, uh, you know, Vince working for WWE, that kind of thing. Um, and since it's going to be on Netflix, what I'm hoping is, you know, Netflix is, um, you know, done really well with uh, expose documentaries. So, I, I think that there's some hope for this being a, a quality product because it's it's not just going to be a fluff piece about how great he is. Um, I think it is going to show you know some of the ins and outs and at least the way I've heard Bill like criticize other documentaries and other documentarians about um, uh, you know kind of showing the the negative side of things and and not just uh, you know leaning on the positive. I think that he's definitely said enough where this should be really excellent, especially for wrestling fans like us and people listening to this show. I, I mean, I, I I know the way that you started answering was that um, I tease you a little bit because you like Bill Simmons so much, but I, I have all the confidence in the world that this is going to be something that really does. I, I don't want to say like, it's not going to tear Vince McMahon down. Uh, but it, it is going to be something that's going to expose, uh, hopefully some elements that we haven't seen before. And it should talk about all the things we know that exist and, uh, it'll give uh, Vince an opportunity to talk about it. And hopefully we'll get a lot of, uh, you know, like, um, what, what is that? Uh, what's that documentary series? It's like outside the ropes or something or, Oh yeah. Uh, the dark side of the ring. Dark side of the uh, ring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I, I hope they get a lot of names that we're not expecting to actually talk, you know, like this is something where maybe it'll be eye opening for Vince and they get some video of him seeing person after person going, 
God, this guy ruined my life. Um, and I don't, I don't, I'm not saying there are a lot of people out there that have, that he's done that to. Um, I, I would just think like, I, I trust Bill Simmons. If that, if that message is out there, if that story is out there, he's going to find it. And yes, absolutely. I was just teasing you about Bill Simmons. I, no, I, do, tr- I do trust him to, to, to find that information. Um, Another huge piece of news here, Mike, coming out of the uh, the conference call. Uh, furloughed employees should be returning by the end of the year. So <clears throat> here's the thing, Mike. Um, we, we've, we've talked about um, how I was also let go from my position. And um, that's not going to happen for me. So <laughs> that that is pretty good news. And I know I know it was pretty easy for us earlier. To say this is a bad move by the WWE, we knew it was business, but um, you know this company wasn't going to die if they kept some of those guys on board because uh, not everybody gets paid like John Cena. So to that end, I mean, we could still sit here and go, "That's right, those guys should have stayed on board," but it, it should be right. We should look at this and go, "This is pretty nice. This is good that they're they're actually making the statement." You know, now it's out there in this conference call. The guys who were furloughed can come back. Maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe there's something worked out with, uh, with Bugenhagen. You're off TV, so you're not getting paid. But when all the furloughed guys come back, maybe we'll see the return of, uh, of Bugenhagen. So I've, I've decided, Mike, I don't want to talk about the earnings because um, that's boring. So, yeah. uh, uh, no, I was just going to say, I, I don't know how much that statement really means. Uh, I mean, Miro already has a job uh, with AEW. Oh, no, he's coming um, back. That's what. May- <laughs> what? He's 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 gonna quit AEW and come back. No, I, I mean that's they said a majority of furloughed employees will return. Like uh, you know, uh, Hot Carl and uh, Luke Gallows, they're not coming back, right? Right. EC EC3's already got a job somewhere else. Eric Young's already got a job somewhere else. Uh, I I guess who does that leave to return? Oh, uh, we should be seeing like. Jinder Mahal coming back, right? I mean, there's guys that are oh, on TV oh, 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 that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, mean, I know I, what you're saying. I, I think it's just this matter of okay, the funds are back, so now we can afford to bring these guys back. Um, like there, there's so many companies out there. Like, I, I mean, Mike, we're planning a family Disney World trip next year, and we're supporting and going to give money to a company that just fired thirty thousand people. So beautiful. <laughs> So, I mean, that's that's the reality of it. Like, uh, the thing is, is that they can't afford to pay those people because a guy like Bob Chapik uh, needs to make millions of dollars. So because he needs to make millions, other people get fired. And that's the that's bad. But that's the, the, the situation we're in, uh, right. which is also like what WWE did. Like the. the we know that's I don't need to explain what's going on. So it's just good, I guess, like that they're coming back but it's still bad that they're making the decision like well these guys aren't going to get paid for nine months because i need to make sure that my family has a nice christmas right kind of thing. well let's uh let's do a couple quick hits here matt um Hit one is uh matt riddle now he's just riddle <laughs> why <laughs> what happened here um i i didn't think that matt was uh was too distracting um and, and riddle <laughs> I don't what's know what's the, going on here. Ah. It's it's really close to being the Riddler, and I don't know if he's just going to be like question mark man on his trunks, and I don't know, leaving riddles for his opponents. 
I just think Riddle's a bad idea. Um, Matt, we also got another name change this week. Uh, Shorty G, it's all over. He's uh, he's Chad Gable again. Um, so I, yeah, Matt Riddle getting some bad news. Chad Gable gets good news apparently. Um, I know you were really excited last week. You know, we're starting to see more of Big E getting uh, a singles push. Uh, Chad Gable is no longer Shorty G apparently. Uh, a guy throwing his 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 goat dong around is Daniel Bryan, and apparently he's been in the ear of uh, producers and writers to get pushes and name changes for these people going. Um, so yeah, you know, just more positive uh, news for Daniel Bryan, I guess. I, I don't, it feels like he could do no wrong. Um, the other Matt, the one I'm gonna hot tag you here. Oh, right now? <sighs> yeah, hot tag. Yeah, Thunder Rosa, she's teasing. Am I going to do oh, AEW or am I going to do WWE? Matt, what a fabulous way to tease it, if I if I may. Uh, you, if everybody could tease where they're going, um, and they go the Thunder Rosa route. I'm totally cool with that. Um, all right, Mike, let's let's get back to making money, right? Uh, where do I want Thunder Rosa to, to end up? If it was. Like this, this is this this question is so complicated because do you want AEW's women's division to to take that next step up? Absolutely. But if you want Thunder Rose's career to not be about elevating a company and instead her being exposed the most and having the most amazing match opportunities, then you'd pick WWE. You're putting way too much pressure on her to say go to AEW. Like if anybody's like, no man, you're gonna ruin your career if you go to WWE. What are you talking about? If she is the best, we've seen that the women's division elevates the best, right? I mean, whenever somebody seems to fall down, it, it is because, like, when we continue to watch the matches, we see some of the weaknesses. Um, now, it's not, I, I won't say it's for everyone, but you have to believe that if Thunder Rosa came in, I mean, she's going to kill it in NXT. She's going to get a major spot. This is going to be something where she, I, I would, I, I wouldn't put it past her to put it in her contract to make sure, like, hey, I'm, I'm I, I don't want you screwing me over. I'm not going to be a manager in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be your NXT champion. I'm going to be, you know, SmackDown Women's Champion, Raw Women's Champion. This, you know, this is how this is going to work. And even if it's just a handshake deal, uh, in that regard. I, I still think there's so much more opportunity and th it doesn't say that you write off AEW after that. I just think this is someone that would benefit from all the resources at WWE. And if we're sitting here and we're always playing the game, what's best for the person? Where's more money at? Where is the better match opportunity at? Hey, you know, a I lot of people are going to be angry, but I think that is the reality. I think it's a better move for her to go to WWE. Uh, for the same reasons you said, um, I would love to see her fight Rhea. I'd love to see her fight EO. I'd love to see her fight Candice. I'd love to see her fight Shotzi. Um, I'd love to see her fight Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, um, Naomi, just like literally a who's who. Uh, I didn't even put Asuka on this list. What an amazing list of women. Um, or if you go to eight, I think it's it's more important for Thunder to go to WWE. I think it's a much more important signing for AEW to start fleshing out really good wrestlers for their women's division. Uh, it feels pretty barren right now. Um, Hikaru Shida, they they don't give a hoot about booking her with any semblance of story. 
Nyla Rose is on the peripheral. I, I don't know what's going on with her. Um, their first champion, Io, she, I, I don't know what she's up to. Uh, you know, we got Britt Baker. That's it. She's the only one on the microphone. So I, at some point, I, I would think AEW wants to invest um, in women's wrestling. And whew, I don't know what you got to throw at Thunder Rosa and just make her look like a mega goddess. But uh, I don't know if I would let her escape. She's got uh, like main event NXT written all over her. Um, and then she'd definitely hold her own character-wise on Raw or SmackDown. I think she'd be super comfortable in either spot. So, um, yeah, Thunder, whatever you know makes you more money and sells some more T-shirts, it might be WWE, but AEW, if they just throw some crazy bananas money at you, give it a shot. Be the big fish in the little pond. Yeah, there, there it is, everybody. There's the, there's the tease from Thunder Rosa. Good gravy like i said um if uh if you've decided you want to tease where you're going good good gravy is that that caught my attention on twitter it did not miss it um <laughs> but i i think yeah i think we we nailed it i think if she wants to help um what's going on over in aew that i mean that's it right that's that's the long and short of it and i i will say it's not her responsibility um I would rather that her life was easier and that she did the things like fighting the major uh, women superstars in, in pro wrestling right now. And, and we said it, so this is me repeating myself. But Mike, um, I think I think we're all set with what we have going on here on our wrestling talk. Uh, so let's do a quick... I just want to let everybody know who's a Red Wings fan. If you are a Detroit Red Wings fan, just uh, take a quick peek at this. That's, that's all that's going on. That's it. Uh, every Monday on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube now, you can just subscribe and you're not going to miss a thing. Uh, but we're also on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you can find podcasts. We have our Red Wings discussion on Sundays. Uh, we do it Sunday mornings, but it gets released on Mondays. Uh, and we will be going to two a week. Uh, once we jump into December, we get a little bit closer to the NHL season. Also, there's something to talk about. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah, come on over if you're a Red Wings fan. If you've been if you've been waiting, uh, now. time to do it all right mike also what what other time is it it's time for the wednesday night wars Woo! all right that video always hangs on way too long so i just exited <laughs> now um, <laughs> mike i mean it's easy right like this week it was easy to say who won the wednesday night wars for us aw's been on a heck of a hot streak and matt i think the streak has come to an end. I think uh, NXT put on a hell of a show. Um, I, please, just more scary stuff. Uh, whenever they let that one guy kind of, you know, leaned back in his chair, just smoking a cigarette with a, you know, a cap kind of turned down, and they let him get into the scary stuff, you know, whether he's right in the Bray Wyatt segments or whew, another terrifying uh, Sasha Banks spot, or this week he's writing for a haunted house match. My God. Woo! More of that writer. I want more of that guy because this was an A-plus <laughs> for me. Um, 
Matt, did you get to see both shows? Or I know it's a lot, but yeah, I had I had them both up. Uh, I watched what you you sent me some notes on to make sure I take I took a peek at um, Eddie Kingston's in ring abilities. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. fun. Uh, yeah, that was something. Uh, well, hell, uh, hell, hell of a match considering Matt Seidel's in there with you. Um, what the <laughs> results were? Um, yeah, I don't know. All right, uh, but yeah, we don't want to talk too much about that. Uh, but of course, I mean, the you couldn't miss Hangman. You couldn't miss Kenny Omega. Um, that's just yeah. AEW was another good show, but this is one of the best NXT episodes, and it, it's almost like it's all starting to come together because we've had. I, I would say we've had maybe a month, month and a half of good pro wrestling, and you know what? Good, good, uh, like. Uh, wrestling pro wrestling all around you know like i i think we always say like the wrestling is found on nxt and the sports entertainment is on aew but if we're talking mm-hmm. like an all-around great show it, it's been it's been nxt for the last month and a half not that we're saying they've been winning because of the last how many two or three weeks it's been aew having the better show in our opinion uh but for for nxt it's just been solid programming it's been solid writing good promos we've got fantastic storytelling i mean we've got pete dunn to talk about today we've got uh Ghostface from scream crashing the show on halloween <laughs> havoc um we've got you know major storylines in regards to that north american title and what's going on uh you know in the in the future with you know we have no idea really like with this this nxt title what we want to do next uh we have war games implications there's there's so much to dissect with NXT and it it's exciting it's something where when you talk about pro wrestling you want to be excited for the next show and yeah. i'm excited for the next show but we're talking about this week mike i think we're in this agreement week, again AEW a- was smackdown off the off the throne there so let's do it man every week we do the top 3 moments and there's always a dishonorable mention right before moment number 1 um, I have fun doing that, but sometimes it's kind of a bummer. It's going to be a bummer this week. <laughs> so, man, moment number three from AEW Dynamite. Boom. Um, it really was the second best show, Matt. That's why I had a hard time doing this, but I can't not talk about it because it, it was fun. But Jericho and MJF hold a town hall discussion. Uh, that was moment number three. It's it's It was entertaining, but... Much in the way that the presidential debates, where the opening one was must-see TV to watch these two old men just ignore the moderator and, you know, berate each other and neg each other and uh, just take the whole country and flush it down the toilet. (laughs) Um, Jericho and MJF similarly, you know, had their their banter. They had that great steak, you know, uh, encounter with the uh, dance and song routine. And then, you know, kind of the debates, you know, they start to, you get to the town hall portion and, uh, you know, it's not as good. It was okay. You know, uh, the one shining moment, I know we gave them some flack, um, I believe uh, a couple, couple dynamites ago, um, Eric Bischoff uh, came out to ask a town hall question. And anytime Bischoff comes out and, you know, a segment ends with Tony Schiavone saying, shut up, Chris Jericho. And... (laughs) Jericho filing back with shut up Tony um you've 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 outdone yourself as a writer so whoever put that together bravo um and it looks like we're finally getting 
maybe the best match on the uh, full gear card. Or is it all gear? I don't know what their silly pay-per-views called. What is it, Matt? Full gear? Full gear. Um, it's going to be MJF and Jericho. And if MJF wins, Matt, he's in the inner circle. So that was moment number three. Matt, this is really going to be hard because there was a lot going on on NXT. But moment number three for you over there. Yeah, this this was tough. I was, I was going to ask you, can I just say like pro wrestling in general was number three? Because there's two amazing stories that happened during Halloween Havoc. So basically, I've I've got to pick which of these matches between Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest, Io and Candace, and then Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez. So I just gave away what I'm doing for two and one. Which one of those is number three, even though they were all fantastic? Um, Mike, I'm I think I'm I think I'm gonna do it. What are you doing? I'm gonna go. God damn it. I'm going to go Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. Gargano winning uh, the North American title with help from uh, Ghostface uh, from Scream. Uh, I mean, that ending was something I didn't see coming. It really felt like it was working towards Damian Priest just getting this win eventually, which was kind of a bummer. Like, you went into that match, and the, and the way that they booked this show, like, that's why this needed to be... Uh, th- this is my number three for this reason. Because it, it helped you believe at the end of the show that Candace was going to have a chance against EO, right? Like, think about how important it is to make sure that when you go through an entire program, that it's all going to make sense, that you're going to have surprises. And you still had surprises in that match. But having this as the first match, having Johnny win, having him win with some cheating really helped us go, all right, shoot, this might be it for EO. Like, you need that so bad. And that that's where... Like we talked earlier about in NXT UK, where you see Walter having these amazing matches, uh, and of course with Dragonoff, and really it's just the sheer will that they tell in the ring, the, the storyline will that Dragonoff had is what helps you believe that he's going to win. But we've seen Candice go down so many times, so there had to be something else to happen uh, when it comes to Candice versus Eos so that we could believe in Candice a little bit more, and that this wasn't just a throwaway Wednesday, and we got that. So because they did such a good job in the Gargano and Damian Priest match, we could believe in the rest of the show. And I think that's really important. I think that gets missed a lot. But if we didn't even talk about that, this was a fantastic match. This is one of Johnny Gargano's best. Uh, I have no problem saying that. I think a lot of people get held up on the fact that, I mean, Damian Priest, he is not the most fluid, I I would say, agile pro wrestlers we've ever seen in NXT. Uh, but he does pretty well with what he's got. I mean, when when you're a guy that's as big as he is, and to start the match, he's going with stinger splashes. I mean, that's you're not doing cartwheels into a stinger splash. You're jumping. <laughs> so right. That's your move. Um, so, I mean, that's the extent of what we're getting out of Damian Priest. And I know, I know a lot of people will look at him and go, size, wow, can you believe what he's doing? Absolutely, I can, because I see Keith Lee do shit like that all the time. <laughs> he's, he's bigger, and they're more agile maneuvers. So we've been saying for a while, I don't get what Damian Priest's character is. So this also told me that they still don't know because sometimes he's a dick, uh, he's a misogynist. Sometimes he's just a cocky heel. Sometimes he's a cocky face. Uh, and this time they gave him an awesome entrance, entrance with an electric guitar, but they've also sold him as the rock star where, uh, Mike, we started the show talking about Bugenhagen. So Bugenhagen would come out and play the guitar himself through air guitar. But um, 
and we know he can actually play guitar too if you follow him on social media so it's just to me this was them going all right for this for Damien to be interesting he can't hold the title he's got to chase it because he's not guy he's not the guy to hold on to it and help build it so it, there's so much going on in this um I like I like the result I like yeah. there was some um uh, some surprises with the uh, ghost faced interference um it'll be fun to figure out what's going on there are we building a faction with Candace and Johnny and then like I said there's so it, it's so important but forgotten all the time how crucial it is to make sure that the rest of your show works and saying that your first match helped make the, the main event work yeah. uh, is, is invaluable, I, I think. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think Damian Priest, <laughs> he reminds me of that scene in Billy Madison when they're throwing pickles at the uh, side of that fast food restaurant and they're just trying to see which Damian Priest pickle sticks and wins the race, so he's... He's just all over the map. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but he's just going to be a slice of pickles for me moving forward. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we've got Mike. Uh, you're moving on to number two for AEW. It was tough because I don't know if there's really a moment number one this week. Uh, for me, I'm going to say moment number two was uh, the Hangman page and Wardlow. Um, this was the they opened the show. I, I, I'm going to just lump them together. No, I'm going to do number two. This is number two. Um, you know, it was part of that tournament to see who's going to fight John, John Moxley in the, in the future here after uh, full gear. Um, we know who it's building towards in the finals, but I still think of the two uh, semifinal matches to lead to the finals. This is the one that still had a little bit of doubt in it, like just a just a tiny teensy weetsy little doubt. Um, it was not to the level of Dragunov and Walter. That was just, you know, Michelangelo's, you know, Sistine Chapel, just a masterpiece of violence. But this did have a fair, like a, like an appropriate amount of violence for a weekly episodic, uh, you know, dynamite episode um, where the hangman and Wardlow just really beat the crap out of each other's chests. Um, a lot of forearms and biceps crashing into sternums um and none of them sounded good uh especially because even with you know a crowd there still a very sparse crowd um you could still hear the echo as as bone crashed into bone in that match um i don't know if you and i you know give uh the hangman enough credit um you know for what a great wrestler he is when he was tag you know in his tag team with uh omega you know, you kind of had to take turns. When a 20-minute match, you're really only getting like 10 minutes a page. But when he's by himself, you remember he's a hell of a storyteller, um, you know, inside those ropes. So it's a treat now to, you know, to get, uh, you know, more examples, uh, more concrete footage of, you know, what a talented guy he is um, in the in the art that is pro wrestling. So this is a nice reminder. And then Wardlow, you know, he doesn't quite have the on-screen resume. If all you do is watch, you know, Dynamite, um, but he definitely held his own. He didn't look out of place. He didn't look a step behind. Um, and he definitely bumped for page. Uh, there was a top rope. I wouldn't call it a suplex because, uh, they weren't connected to each other anymore, but page was able to get him in a suplex position and basically hurled him up over his own head, uh, from the top rope. And there's no way that bump felt good. Uh, <laughs> Wardlow <laughs> definitely has some bruises. Uh, from that bump, uh, the whole ring 
thundered up and down a few times. Um, commentary didn't really say anything about it, but it definitely uh, it popped um, on television. Uh, you could see Wardlow <laughs> flying and crashing and burning. Uh, so that was, an, uh, it, you know what? It was, uh, I'm talking myself into moving it up the list, but it, it was an excellent number two. Matt, speaking of excellent number twos, Halloween Havoc, moment number two for you. I mean that that uh, definitely puts the image of some poo poos. But uh, yeah. all right, number two. Uh, this is giving away what my number one is. If you're a fan of the show, you probably could have already guessed. But my number two is Pete Dunn returning. Mike, we're suckers for story. I, I know, I know. Rhea Ripley and Raquel had an amazing match, and you told the story of Rhea, Rhea, like going, "Oh shit, I'm not just, I'm not the baddest b word anymore. I've got some challengers." So she still got the win. Still great. Uh, and, uh, and, and I, yeah, we, we mentioned EO and Candice already. Uh, I think this, the, the thing that kind of stings there is we got the result we knew was coming. Um, uh, so why are, there fly, why are there flies? It's October in your house. Yeah. This is like, well, like a fruit fly. This is like some exorcist level shit where there's just bugs in October. Speaking of exorcists, Mike, there are some callbacks, uh, to room 237 at, uh, the shining. I don't know. I guess those kind of connect, um, right? Yeah, they're both scary movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the uh, the haunted house match, Mike Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. Uh, goddamn, how many weeks have I been saying if they give Cameron Grimes more camera time, this guy's gonna he's gonna fucking kill it, and he absolutely fucking killed it. The, I mean, my favorite line of the entire thing is him finding a ref in the haunted house. And him crying and saying, like, trying to get the ref's attention. And, you know, it's one of those things where, um, am I a master of improv? No. Do we ask pro wrestlers to be masters of improv? No. It just kind of comes with the personality. I, I don't know if these guys are actually training and doing classes, but in, in, tear, in tears, a tearful question to the referees, uh, or to the referee and saying, is this a submission match or a pitfall? What's going on? Like, he's just so scared. Like, he, I mean, right there with that line, he's telling the story that the guy is inconsolable. He has no idea, like, how to treat the situation. So he sees a ref, and he's trying to figure out how this match works. So a, a tearful question to the ref uh, to figure out how exactly can he win this match. Like, sold everything. And this was right at the get-go. But, again, the callback to Room 237. Um, we, have, we have one of our buddies that follows us on Twitter uh, I thought it was funny right after that moment happened. He said, I would have liked a shining reference. And I said, you, that was one of the few movies that was referenced. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was Cameron Grimes. Uh, he, he's uh, walking towards a shower where there's a monster inside there, but she's, uh, she's showering. You can see her body um, and she's washing up and Cameron's like getting his clothes off, taking his hat off, getting all ready, you know, Oh, yeah. I thought it was just me and Dexter in here, like getting all excited. Or no, he said I didn't know Dexter had a sister. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, fantastic job by Cameron Grimes. Uh, but then the match comes back to. Uh, uh, oh my god, I'm, I fucked up. This is gonna have to be my number two, right? Because I got too excited about the haunted house match. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so. <laughs> Jesus, man. I didn't know I did it. that. <laughs> All right. I had a rosé. That's it, your it, third match for moment number two. I don't know if he's noticed that. Um, yeah. So, number two. Let's reel it uh, in, man. God. What was, the, what was moment number two here? You got to uh, pick one. All right. I'll pick the haunted house. I'll switch my number one. 
uh, for storytelling. Okay. Uh, so unfortunately, my number two uh, was the Haunted House Match, even though I wanted it to be my number one, and I got too excited talking about it. So here we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we love our storytelling. That's why it's my number two. Damn it. I will All say right. that, uh, you know, one of my favorite NXT feuds, and uh, we don't talk about it as much now because of, you know, recent events, but Aleister Black and Velveteen Dream, Velveteen being the, the nattering goof and Aleister being the strong, silent one. Um, and it really just elevated both men and made Velveteen look, you know, hilarious and personable. And it made Aleister look like, you know, a strong, you know, powerful, silent, you know, stoic, you know, demon. Um, so it sounds like they're kind of doing something similar with Dexter and Cameron. And I'm, I'm really glad that the, uh, the people booking NXT put those two guys together. Cause I, I really think it's going to do the same wonders that it did for, uh, black and dream. Um, so yeah, yeah I like I, the, I like the dynamic there, but I couldn't be more disappointed in myself right now, but Mike, uh, what was your honorable mention for, I can't believe I fucked that up. What was your honorable mention for, uh, the, well, you, you fucked up again. It's actually a dishonorable mention. All right. Um, it says it at the bottom everybody. It says dishonorable. I didn't think <laughs> I only said the the wrong word. So if you're listening to the show, all right, it's roses, Mike. I mean, they're, they're tough. They, you think they're sweet, but then they kick back hard when you've had your fourth glass of rosé. So, wow! Oh, well, that's out there for the world to hear. Matt sucking down the rosés. Uh, my dishonorable mention is uh, Matt Seidel versus Eddie Kingston. I don't know if Eddie was taking it easy with a big pay per view around the corner. He- you don't want to get any booby boobies, uh, boo boos, right before a big pay per view is on its way. But um, that was one of the most Shane McMahon matches I've ever seen. There was a lot of marshmallow punches. There's a lot Ooh. of there's a lot of softness, and uh, I expected more out of a guy I've quickly come to, uh, you know. Uh, favor in my wrestling opinion so ooh, sometimes you know stone cold will say you know sometimes we laid a stinker out there and this was a stinker so i will say that the match was terrible uh but eddie redeemed himself at the end by uh putting matt seidel in the bulldog chokehold they're calling it um and not relenting until matt seidel uh said i quit um you know, which is something that he's going to be doing against Moxley in a I Quit match. So, Matt, that brings us to moment number one. We're out of the doldrums. We're at the top moment of the week. And it's something that I'm a little, uh, it's just, uh, it was just every, every segment on this show is just, just a tweak away from being as excellent as AEW's been like the past month. But it was uh, Kenny Omega versus Penta Zero. Zero, Mero. It was really good, uh, but it, it just was missing Ray Phoenix, who, you know, is the one that should have advanced. But, you know, due to some mysterious illness injury, um, his, you know, uh, on-screen brother took his spot. Um, and, it, you know, it was a fine match. It was, you know, I, there's pile drivers in it. There was, uh, you know, some thunderous slaps. Kenny Omega is really doubling down on this heel character. Um, 
you know, having his, because uh, he's the cleaner, he had his two cheerleaders coming out and, you know, Lucha-esque masks. Uh, he, he came out in an NWA title belt to further taunt poor Ray Phoenix, who's on the shelf. Um, but I just, it would have just popped a little bit more if it was actually Ray in the match instead of, um, uh, Penta. So it was, it was good. Um, it just like, you know, some of the sizzle and the, and the build and, uh, you know, the planned, um, um, you know, uh, taunts and jeers from Kenny Omega were kind of, kind of lost because he wasn't, he wasn't quite fighting the right guy. Um, but the one thing that I really did like what they did, uh, um, it's something that WWE has been doing fairly frequently when they will name drop other sports media sites, you know, to be like Brock Lesnar, you know, from ESPN, um, or Sasha and Bailey had their match and, you know, they, you know, talked about all these different, um, outlets, you know, commenting on what a, what a great, uh, visual performance it was for the viewers at home. Um, they did the same thing for Omega. That's part of his entrance now where all these different, uh, sports medias talk about Kenny Omega being the, the greatest wrestling athlete on the planet. Um, so as far as him being the braggadocious, uh, you know, super self-confident megastar, they're, they're getting it across. And, uh, ultimately Matt, we're getting the match that, you know, looking at the, um, uh, looking at the seating, what we ultimately wanted to get. So it's going to be the former tag champs, Omega and Hangman Page. Matt, we don't want to do the honorable mention. We want to do the dishonorable mention. If there was one for NXT, maybe that it was only a two-hour show, but was there a dishonorable this week? Yeah, let's go with Santos Escobar and Jake Atlas. It just felt like it didn't fit. felt like filler. felt like we could have just had longer matches. Um, Somebody's got to cleanse that palate, you know? Yeah, it was, uh, go take a potty. You know, the Somebody's got to be up. the unflavored sorbet, if you will. So it, it, it's a shame, too, because Santos Escobar, I, I like the build. We've been talking about it for a while, but it, it really just felt like it didn't fit in the entire show. What was your question? Oh, no, that's it. Good. And oh, then uh, moment, moment number one for NXT. Yeah. yeah, so I think everybody knows what happened here. If you listen to the whole show, I, got, I wanted to pick... Um, I wanted to pick the Haunted House match, and I got so excited to talk about it during number two. Uh, all right, so number one, because this is all that's left to talk about, is Pete Dunn turning on um, Kyle O'Reilly. Look, I can still, I'm going to still make the argument that this was, this was great storytelling. It was a surprise. I think we thought the surprise was Pete Dunn, uh, but then we all remembered, oh, right, Roddy Strong is the one who, uh, who already like screwed over Pete Dunn in a tag match. So this is Pete Dunn finally getting back at them, which is so funny. Like we, we've talked about it before in WWE storytelling where um, sometimes they, they, they've kind of mixed up uh, the people that are heels and faces because wouldn't you feel bad for Pete Dunn and be like, yeah, get your revenge on undisputed era. Um, so and in that respect, you know, UE kind of deserves it. Uh, so, so, so Pete Dunn coming back and slamming Kyle O'Reilly with the chair. Yeah, it adds up. It should have happened. Um, <laughs> but we know that he's teamed with uh, with Pat McAfee, who's now becoming one of the biggest heels in pro wrestling. Um, week after week, uh, when he was uh, going up against Adam Cole, it was just turning in another A-plus promo. Now, his return, Mike, I don't know if you've seen all these promos start to finish. I know the highlights are out there, and they're easy to consume. But the uh, the full promos, you can see 
that uh, Pat's got to get back. He's got to get back into a rhythm. Um, now, he kept mentioning the internet wrestling community, and we are part of that. And, uh, Mike, I think we're ones that last week we tweeted how excited we were. Pat McAfee was uh, certainly a surprise at his takeover performance. And uh, if, you know, if, if if we were completely honest, he definitely almost, uh, you know, he, he stole the show because that's what we were talking about. Let's just say that. He definitely stole the show. So to get back to this conversation, um, Pat just kept – getting stuck on this line of the internet wrestling community. And that that's, that's something that I, I gotta, you gotta keep an eye out for because last week when he was speaking, he did get stuck on speaking to everybody that was in the, uh, the performance center. So I don't know if Pat isn't ready to speak in front of folks that are an audience or what's going on, but these promos aren't as hot as they were before. That being said, uh, Pete Dunn being a part of this team, and introducing what's most likely going to be our war game setup. How how are you not excited about that? Um, you're you're talking Mike, one of our favorite tag teams since we started watching NXT in uh, Larkin and Birch with Pete Dunn as a tag partner. Let's forget where Pat McAfee is, you know, skill wise in the ring. We could probably still safely say he's pretty green. He did a great match with Adam Cole. I could do a great match with Adam Cole, but we know uh, Pat. I could do a good match with Adam Cole. So Pat McAfee did a lot of great things, um, but you know, I, I, just, I could get a star and a half. Right. I just want to throw in there. Pat McAfee did a great job, but I don't. I don't care. Like he, him being in this match is going to be fantastic because War Games isn't. It's not about having you know a six star performance as recorded by ah, stupid Meltzer. It, it's going to be important about what's going on, you know, with chairs, with garbage cans, uh, who's getting thrown up against the, the fence. I mean, Pat McAfee, you tell that story, right? He's the last guy to come in to war games. Uh, but I think the important thing too, uh, for all of this is we get another undisputed era um, clash at, uh, at war games. Uh, it should like it's gonna help keep telling the story of how important uh, Undisputed Era is to uh, to NXT and to War Games because if you go back and look at the original War Games, go back to the '80s, Mike. The seven of the first eight War Games, there's one team that made it in every time. All right, seven of those eight times. <laughs> That's such a stupid <laughs> comment. Uh, there's the four horsemen, Mike. The four effing horsemen. So who's in all the war games with NXT? Boom. Undisputed. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. That's right. So uh, (laughs) still a huge story coming here. You can't not be excited about war games and that story starting and uh, Pete Dunne coming back. I mean, that guy is effing jacked right now. Holy crap. Is he scary? Like the, the still shots they got of him smashing Kyle with the chair. I don't know if it was like he was like, all right, I'm really going to pump. Like, I'm really going to flex here when I do this because I know this is when the camera shots are coming. But, God damn, it was it was terrifying. Um, I know that was, uh, a lot of people were talking about that over over the break. Pete Dunne got ripped. But, whew, that's scary. This guy's ready to roll. And, uh, you know, the Pete Dunne we all fell in love with was a heel. So, he's back. I mean, uh, yeah, it definitely made me think of Robert Downey and Tropic Thunder when he's, you know, talking about, dang, man, you, you look at Shredder, man. He looked more cut than Julian Salmon, you know. 
Remember Rocket Three started getting real cut. Yeah, that's that's what Pete Dunn looks like, man. He, he looks great. I hope that uh, helps him get some more TV time. Start selling them T-shirts. Woo! Well, I'm like we're selling T-shirts at bodpodcast.com. If you click on the link that is uh, it just says shop, you'll go right there. You can let everybody know that you're a listener of the Brothers of Discussion. We've got face masks, we've got mugs, we've got uh, hoodies. If you're getting uh, you're getting a little chilly. Uh, I hope you have a hoodie at home right now because it's uh, it's like going to be 30 degrees tonight in Michigan. So, uh, yeah, pick it all up there. Um, let me uh, let me transition here. Uh, let me put the thanks for listening banner down at the bottom. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. I think we are wrapping up here. Uh, again, find us at bodpodcast.com. You can find all the links. We've redone the website, so you can find everything there. But if you want to follow along with the current conversations, whenever there's live wrestling on, it's at BOD podcast on Twitter. It's at brothers underscore of underscore discussion for all of our Instagram chat. Go to our live uh, wrestling discussion group on Facebook. It's brought to you by the brothers of discussion. You can find us as the brothers of discussion on Facebook and on YouTube. Please subscribe to that channel. That channel has been blowing up. We are so excited that so many people are checking us out. We can't thank you enough, Uh, but this thing is growing. Uh, we are seeing it happen right before our eyes. We want you to be a part of it. There's so many different things you can do to be a part of it. But the most important thing you can do to help us out if you are enjoying the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts, specifically that. <laughs> uh, and if you could uh, subscribe there, give us a rate and a review. Those five stars are really going to help us out. If you have the time, please head on over to Apple Podcasts, get that account going. That's all we ask. We're not asking for donations or anything like that. Uh, but if you do have the funds and you want to help support the Brothers of Discussion, we've been doing it uh, using the funds. As you can see here, we've been, been upgrading our equipment. We've been upgrading our production value. That's at anchor.fm slash Brothers of Discussion. Uh, you can subscribe there, and we will be eventually putting some exclusive content there. That's not my first ask. First ask is going on over to Apple Podcasts so we can continue to grow listener-wise. Uh, but, yeah, again, um, if you do – have the ability. All right. So I'm going to throw a shout out to a couple people here. Uh, Rachel H. She's been doing amazing work um, in the Facebook group on Mondays. Rachel, thank you so much for your time. Um, Cody C. has been doing some amazing work too. I know he was he was hopping and popping uh, for that haunted house match. Uh, Brandon W., another consistent contributor. Can't thank you enough. Uh, and you know the usual suspects. Amy, Andre, Chris, thank you again. Uh, for all your hard work in the discussion groups, uh, you know stuff like that. Uh, you know, really makes all this. You know, makes the week better. Um, knowing it is a discussion, it's not just two brothers jaw jacking, a couple of jive turkeys. Oh, and Jeff O, uh, Jeff O, um, another uh, name that we need to recognize more often. Um, but yeah, uh, can't say thank you enough, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, we love you guys. Seriously, uh, makes it all worthwhile. Uh, that's why we're upgrading everything is to make it all better. Giving it all away for free, so we're doing it, obviously, for you. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and uh, we will see you next week. Yeah!